Welcome to the Photo Op Podcast, the photo opinion podcast where the two of us give all of our opinions on everything photo and video. And our opinions are fact. They are, they are <laughs> ironclad. Iron. We never have bad opinions. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlander. And this is Photo Op. So... So what opinions that are facts do we have today? What opinions are facts that we have today? Um, well, today we are going to be talking about an interesting uh, question uh, from our Reddit episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was essentially people won't pay my prices. And we covered it a little bit in short last time. It was yeah. you live in a third world country and you expect people to pay American prices, but you have to match the market demand to the services you offer. But if we kind of strip away the context, I think that is a super interesting question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, wherever whoop, wherever you are, you live wherever you live. And if your market rate matches somewhat the market rate, but you're not getting hired, what's going on? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, but first, first, listener question. First, and <laughs> and first, first, before the listener question, oh. quick, quick uh, promo and disclaimer. We are recording this on the 4th of July. If you hear any loud pops, uh, it's not a bad neighborhood. It is fireworks going off. Um, <laughs> we are not in danger. <laughs> we are not in danger. Quick promotion. Um, if you like all of our content, uh, go to patreon.com slash nomcreative. We have a $1 tip jar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it helps us keep the lights on, keep the mics on, and bring you more content. So thank you to our patrons right now, and be sure to send us your questions. All right. On with the show. Listener question. Rex asks, are TFP shoots really a trade, or is someone working for free? So uh, if you are not familiar, TFP stands for Time for Prints or Time for Photos. And what that means is no one's getting paid. So yes, uh, people are working for free. Uh, <laughs> so Or not. Yeah, so what that means is no money is changing hands. So uh, essentially what it is is the photographer is getting something for their portfolio. The um, model is getting something for their portfolio. Mm-hmm. If you bring in any kind of like makeup artists and stuff, they're getting the shots for their portfolio. So that is what TFP is supposed to be for. Now, it has been um, manipulated and changed and tweaked in and if you are in any like TFP Facebook groups um, to the point where people are like, hi, I'm gorgeous. And I got engaged and me and my boyfriend would love photos. Who wants to do a shoot of us? That's not TFP. Get out. Pay up. <laughs> yep. Shut up. Pay me. Um, so, so we're, let's, there, there, there are those of just like, Hey, I'm pregnant. And I love some attorney shoots. What photographer would love to do that? And the thing is like, those people will always get someone who is willing mm. to work for free because they want that mm-hmm. shot, right? People are always looking for opportunities to get you to work for free, unfortunately. They, they, and, they and are. And TFP is an angle on that. They are. And and so uh, that's definitely where this question comes from because so many people abuse the system to get free photos. Um, but that said, are you actually working for free? Well, if you do it right, no. If you do it right, no. So uh, TFP, it's supposed to be for skill development. So the models get better at modeling, the photographer to get better at posing, you know, models, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Portfolio enhancement. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started shooting boudoir photos, I can't have someone pay me thousands of dollars to shoot 
boudoir if I have nothing to show them. Mm -hmm. So I had to do TFP and get models who wanted to enhance their portfolio so that I could also have portfolio. I had already been shooting as a full-time photographer for like 10 years by the time I started boudoir. So I knew I could do it. I yeah. just had to start somewhere yet. And, um, and it wasn't just, Ooh, I want to shoot naked ladies. It was, I was having brides find me at wedding shows and going, wow, your work is amazing. You make me look amazing. I would also like to do a boudoir session before my wedding. Can mm -hmm. you do that? And through the demand of that, I'm like, wow, if I'm going to be charging people for this, I should really get good <laughs> at it first. So there was skill building, there was portfolio building, and then, of course, the models get all of that. That is the true essence of TFP. Yeah. Um, it's mutually beneficial. Sometimes there's also just networking or learning new lighting techniques or, hey, I just got a piece of gear and it's kind of finicky and I'm trying to, you know, get, get hands on with it. So there are those kinds of things that you need TFP for, and that's great. Yeah. Um. I believe it was Chase Jarvis who had this beautiful three-point test on if you should do a thing. Portfolio, people are getting paid. <laughs> if you yep. take take something on, it should have at least two. So people you like, portfolio-worthy um, stuff, or getting paid. So if it's portfolio-worthy and you're getting paid, yeah, you can put up with a crummy client. Yeah. But if it's people you like and you're getting paid, it doesn't matter if it's the most boring work on earth. You know, it's mm -hmm. So as, if it hits at least two of those three things, then, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good gig. Think about it. So... Yeah, that's, you, that's my take on it. I mean, it's a you know, photography in general is, is such a tough business, and and breaking into either a new segment, adding to your existing business, or if you're brand new to photography and you're just trying to get in in, in general, it you got to start somewhere, and TFP can be a good place to start on many fronts. But again, it needs to be mutually beneficial, and the benefit to the other party can't be they get free stuff. Like they need to be working towards something too. They need to be yeah. a model working on their their work, their portfolio as well. It can't just be free maternity photos or whatever. So I mean, yeah. the I, the other thing too is like as a photographer, especially like when I was out in college, mm -hmm. it was like, hey, are there any couples who want photos? Because I want to break into weddings and yeah. I need to find. And I had done some shoots with models, mm -hmm. but um, models could never really get me the kind of same intimacy and spark that I was looking for and kind of that uber dramatic romantic wedding photo that a mm -hmm. real couple could give me yeah. so you know there's you, there's you, that you, casting call of like hey you're getting something out of this i'm getting something out of this yeah there but, may be a little bit of a flex like if you are if you're like yeah i don't care about these people and i'm not getting paid but the portfolio benefits are so significant like this okay is the, maybe you won't have two of the peas yeah, but yeah so so it, yeah, it really is it's the mentality more than anything it really is like do you feel like you're getting anything out of it or do you feel like you're getting taken advantage of um if it's the latter don't do it yeah so so a lot of tfp shoots get abused but no, it's it's not always in one camp or the other. It's completely situationally dependent. Yeah. So, there you go. Thanks for your question. Thanks for your question. And uh, let's let's uh, dive into today's main topic. Oh here. boy! <laughs> oh boy! Okay. So you do something, and you have a price list for what those things are, mm -hmm. and people go, uh, "Nah, no thanks." What do you do? What 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 is going on? Yeah, this person even even asks, is it time for a career change? Should I get entirely out of this? You know what? <laughs> like, oh boy. If you're not any good, maybe. There's <laughs> or enough... you just need to get good. Or you get good. That's yeah. true. See, if, if you're not passionate enough about it to get good, 
and you're not good yet and mm-hmm. you're just like oh yeah i've seen people buy a camera and take photos and they get paid yeah. that's easy if you're not passionate about it and want to turn it into a full-time thing you don't have to do it mm-hmm. it's okay mm-hmm. you you can do a career change yeah but um there's probably there are so many factors here we could talk about this for the next three hours so let's try and keep this yeah somewhat short but um yeah i mean I, should we share any of the context on this so that no no nah, um we already kind of went over that in the intro mm-hmm. we're, we're stripping all the context mm-hmm. out of the out of the reddit thread and let's just recontextualize yeah. it for stewart you are a freelance videographer um for the context here i'll say either uh business product photography or mm-hmm. weddings mm-hmm. so you have three kind of different angles that we can kind of view yeah. this question from and answer I look at it so I think there let's assume that you are good like that there there isn't a question of the skill or the quality of your work like if people aren't paying your rates if you're not if you're not booking jobs like maybe it is an issue with pricing or maybe it's an issue of marketing getting your business Absolutely. out there I think those yeah. are like the two core at least in my mind the two core things to examine in a situation like this so, so uh, the first thing you need to do absolutely is get outside feedback because mm-hmm. there are so many things that might be happening here. Yeah. Um, the first thing is how are you meeting people or how are you finding people? Mm-hmm. Is no one messaging you? If no one's messaging you, you're just not getting out yeah. there. It might not have anything to do with your prices. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so assumption number one, let's assume that you are good enough that people don't look at your stuff and say, Hey, this sucks because that's obviously the first be charitable. (laughs) Let's be charitable. Assumption number two, let's assume that you are getting inquiries, whether Mm -hmm. you are out networking in person or whether, uh, like it's emails or phone calls coming in. Let's assume those, at least people are paying attention because, because otherwise you might have, you know, a visibility issue. You need to pay for some advertising. You need to go out to a wedding show. You need to network a little bit more. You need to get better SEO, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So, so let's make a couple of assumptions and assume those inquiries are coming in. Well, there's, there are two huge different valleys that any of these three things we mentioned, product, photography, weddings, or video fall into, um, quality or volume. Mm -hmm. And, Okay, I'm. I feel like I'm on my soapbox here. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I've, it's it, it's true. Like it, almost with any product, like quality or volume, like you you get you make the big money on small number, you it, make the big money on large number, but each individual thing is small number. Like it's, yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> I shoot. I I have aspects of my business that are quality, and I have aspects of my business that are volume. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that I think I shoot crappy photos when I'm doing volume, yeah. but what that is to say is when I'm shooting um, kids' sports portraits for mm-hmm. like a high school, um, those kids come through. I tell them to smile. I click the photo, say, "Oh, you look great. Thank you so much." Next, mm-hmm. like. Five seconds. I'm getting anywhere between twelve to thirty dollars per kid. Yeah, but I'm spending... you're doing your due diligence, but it's it's the, it's, the, a, it's a it's a photo. It's an assembly good. line. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's assembly line. Yeah, and I'm not. It's not super expensive. But guess what? If I do a school that has you know a hundred something kids who put in an order, start doing a little bit of math on that for one or two hours of work, I just got a thousand plus dollars. Yeah. So, you know. That's the volume side mm-hmm. versus the quality side, um, like a wedding, yep. right? I'm not I'm not cranking out seventy weddings a year. 
I'm taking time. I'm holding my client's hand. I'm walking them through the process. I'm taking a look at their timeline for them. I'm helping them kind of iron out any mistakes that might be in there. Um, when I show up, I even ask what their uh, wedding party colors are, and I wear a shirt that is mm-hmm. matching in their colors. And when I show up, they go, oh, my gosh, did you do that on purpose? Yes. Yes, I always. <laughs> yes, I did. I mean, it's it's uh, either you're like a robot on an assembly line or you're like an artist making some bespoke exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. I want <laughs> them to studio. feel like they are the most important thing in the world because for me on that day, they are. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the album, um, like I really am thinking, how do I not just slap photos onto a page? How do I make this flow and tell a story and it's visually pleasing and it gives you breaths to pause and then it kind of flows through. And I'm thinking about the actual kind of act of flipping through this and it's kind of like pacing of a movie. You know, you have yeah, action yeah. sequences and then you have you have rest sequences in between those. Um so so there's a lot of thought and consideration that can go into that, but all of that comes with much higher price tag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so all that to say is, okay, people won't pay my prices. Well, there's volume and there's quality. Mm-hmm. Are you too – are you trying to hit the volume crowd but you're too expensive? Mm-hmm. Well, you have to figure out how to bring that price down. Or are you trying to hit the quality stuff? But And honestly, there is a thing of like if you're only charging $1,000 for a wedding – there are people who will immediately look at your prices, go, they don't know what they're doing, and not hire you, even if you are exactly mm-hmm. as competent as the person next to you who's charging three thousand. Yeah, the uh, the person in this post, uh, without sharing too much context, they were going for the first of those two things. They were trying to do large volume, but their prices were a little bit too high for where yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> so that that can be a thing. Like your prices, unfortunately. I mean, we all want to believe in ourselves and believe that our work is worth paying for, but sometimes your prices can genuinely be too high. Um, you need to look. Uh, you know, there is there is something to be said for um, overcoming high prices by convincing your clients that you are worth the premium. Oh, that is a thing. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna say you can never convince them of anything. That oh, they really? Don't want to be convinced of? Well, so I would I would argue that marketing yourself is convincing them like if you are a well like you were talking about with weddings earlier like if you are on the upper scale of prices for weddings why should they pay you more like i would argue that like your marketing your your sit downs with them your calls you're walking them through um through your previous work you're you're giving them ideas on poses you're managing all the different photos and stuff like i would argue that you are convincing them that your rate is high i actually have a very dear friend they have helped me um even at my photo booth at wedding for many years Mm -hmm. they've they've modeled for me when i was building my portfolio um they they know my photography intimately they know it's great but they're the type of person that will always diy everything and Mm -hmm. don't want to spend money on anything because it's not that important to them and i know 100 percent they're not my clients. That's fine. Yeah. Like there's people like when that they're, when they're getting married there. I am under no disillusion that they're going to go with someone else mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, just like put Polaroid cameras on a table or something like yeah. it's not important to them and they're not going to pay for it. So that's what I mean of like, you can't convince someone of something that's true. that they're not going to do. There needs to be some level of investment to start with. There, sure. there does. Yeah. Uh, so you need, so another thing is you need to find, your ideal client so mm-hmm. so maybe you're looking in the wrong places which might be a little bit of like market research mm-hmm. right 
So um, just a, a, for example, let's talk about cosplay photography because I have, I have volume and I have quality cosplay photography. Mm-hmm. There are some cosplayers, um, they have good paying jobs. They put a lot of investment into their costumes, hundreds of hours, thousands of dollars. They make these really elaborate kind of screen accurate style costumes, whether it's for Star Wars or Bridgerton or whatever. It's, whatever. It, it, is, it is accurate to the thing and they're, they are highly invested in this. And when you've already spent a couple thousand dollars on a costume, what's 300 bucks on a photo shoot so that you can get amazing photos of that costume? Yep. And yep. and we even rent like an Airbnb that we can use as like a period appropriate set that matches their costume and everything. And we go the whole nine yards and spend mm-hmm. like an hour and a half together and, you know, incredibly intricate and detailed. And I even do a little bit of composite work to make it feel like it's in the scene. That's several hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, you have people that are like, ooh, that's that's my rent. I can't I can't yeah. do that. They're like anything more than like 20, 30 bucks is a lot of money to me. Well, that's where the volume side comes in. Mm-hmm. And because you have these these different markets and these different things, you're never going to there there's some interchange between the two, mm-hmm. but if you're if you're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, I mean, where where like you know, where are these clients? Like, who are they? Like, are you basically, are you speaking the language that they understand for, for the target market that you're trying to address? Um, I, yeah, I mean, you're not gonna, I I do agree with that. Like if you're, if you're going after like the bottom of the barrel, um, you know, price wise clients, you're never going to convince them to pay you more money. And, and like I said, the original, the original poster of this question, that's what they were going for is like, People that don't understand photography that are doing this on the cheap. He's trying to do a tremendous amount of volume and he's trying to jack his prices up and they're just not going to pay because they're not people that care about that at that level. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is interesting that you said speaking their language. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly feel like that's the next part of it of um, are you saying the things that the that they want to hear. Yeah. So um, there's there's one um, entrepreneur that I follow online, and uh, when he was talking about his video crew, his video crew was talking about, hey, there's this new camera that we're thinking about buying, and it's gonna be able to shoot in 8K and all of these cool things we can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's and they do a lot of video work for him. He because he records all these online courses and stuff. And he said, I don't care. <laughs> I I don't I don't know what resolution is. I don't know anything yep. about frame rates. Yep. I honestly don't care. You know what I do care about? That you respond quickly to my emails, mm-hmm. that um that you make me look good, that it's really easy that I can walk onto set. There's no fuss. The mic checks over easy mm-hmm. and then we record without any hiccups. I can leave and I know when I come back in a couple of days that thing is done. Yeah. I I've I've run into this in my day job that um that like trying to like assuming that they that your client wants to know things or wants specific information is a bad place to start. Like I have fallen into this trap where like I share too much information. I need to I try to bring them too into the fold. And they're just like, I don't care. I want the I want the end product. The end product is all I care about. Absolutely. And there's there's this weird level of if you're like oversharing, I feel like you can, in this case anyway, if you're oversharing, you can have people second guess your abilities because they feel like you're 
not sure or that you're walking through it with them because you're not necessarily understanding the steps yourself. Like if you're not, you need to kind of own that and be confident. And one of the things sort of related to this that I've heard is if you are, if you're too apologetic, if you're too wishy-washy, if you're bending over too easily, like people will assume that you're not an expert, that you're not paying, you're not worth their time or worth paying for. Like if you're confident and you're like, this is how it works. This is how it's going to be. You know, it's great. Like basically like you exude that confidence. Like you've got it together. You know what you're doing. You don't have to explain everything because you're, you're that good. They, they pick up on that and they, re, and they, they see that like, Oh, I, they're making me feel confident. Like I don't have to worry about the details. I don't have to ask them about the details because Absolutely. they're obviously so put together that those details are not worth worrying about it. They got it. And and I've run that into that so many times in in my day job and even when I was freelancing more that I I now like offer less information like unless they ask for the information unless they ask for illumination on a particular step or a particular process or whatever I don't pro offer that because that's part of managing that client to me now is is exude confidence even if you're somewhat unsure secretly <laughs> on the inside exude confidence and if they if they if they ask Fine you about something confidence and arrogance no not yes. arrogance but confidence confidence and if they ask you on something then it's like oh yeah no problem this is how that thing works you know thank you for asking let me illuminate that for you instead of being like okay well we're going to do this thing and then we're going to do that thing if that's okay with you. And then we're going to do this thing and, and we'll check in and make sure that that's all right. Like, don't do that. that that's going to, the people are going to assume that you are not worth it and that you are not an expert and that you're not worth paying, not worth their time. So Absolutely. I've run into that so much. Yeah. A huge yeah. part of this is uh, client management and client mm-hmm. management is important before you get hired. Yep. Before they are your client. So um, I'm going to throw two examples out here. Uh, First one is weddings. Second one is product photography. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for weddings, um, my approach to client management when I'm doing those are early consultations. They're talking to other photographers. They don't know who they're going to hire yet. My job is not to be like, look how amazing I am. These are all the things I can do for you Mm -hmm. because they get overwhelmed and honestly, they don't care. And every other photographer can do the exact same thing I can do. (laughs) Like they also have this many megapixels or you get this many Mm -hmm. photos or digital negatives or no one cares. Right. Um, But what I really try and get at are like, like, what are your fears? What are, what are the things that you really are worried about mm-hmm. and how can I take that fear away from you? Now, if I just ask them that, that'd be super hella weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if you pro-offer that information too much, if you're too wishy-washy and, too, and you walk through every infinitesimal little detail, they're going to be like, should I be worried about that? Like, is that something to be worried about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so one, one thing that I run into a lot because there are so many wedding photographers that are natural light photographers. Mm. I say in quotes because those people suck. Um, I'm an available light photographer, which means I will use any effing light I have available. <laughs> Including the ones that you brought there. Indeed. <laughs> um, so... So um, th- those natural light photographers, they're like, oh, yeah, you have to have an earlier ceremony in the day because as soon as sunset happens, we can't shoot anymore yeah. type thing. Or they'll only do an engagement shoot you know, at sunset because they don't know how to overpower the noon sun or shoot once it gets dark. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what if you're having a grand exit? Like, what yeah. are they going to do then? 
there are all these kinds of things of just like the, the couple's like, hey, we're getting married in January. Get dark at 4 p.m. Like, can you shoot in the dark? And a lot of them are like, uh, yes, of course I can because they want a client. And they're mm. like, great, show me something. And they don't have anything to show you or the stuff they do have is terrible so tricked <laughs> so there are those kinds of things of like if a couple's like hey i really want to see your night photography because we're getting married at january and this is a big concern i've had because i've seen a lot of photographers that can't do it mm-hmm. what what do you have then by being able to dig into their fear and answer it they're like oh wow you're really mm-hmm. good at that oh, okay i feel much better about that mm-hmm. and that's not me being like look at all the things i can do for you no. that is that is let me take that fear away from you exactly like they're they are asking for extra information they're asking for specific concern and you're addressing it you're not pro-offering information that they don't like it, it imagine if you're like oh you're not you're not getting married under the noonday sun are you like we need to figure that out if so like that would be so confidence uninspiring right like, yeah so so yeah the fact that you're just like everything's handled and if somebody has an extra an extra concern and you can be like all right here's here's how that works and here's my work that addresses that Cool. Yeah. So like for weddings, it really is like, hey, I know you're talking to other people. I do not want you to give me any money unless you were 100 percent sure I'm the right person for you. Mm-hmm. And that is very different than, hey, you got to sign right now. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on this deal. Oh, I hate high and, pressure sales tactics. <laughs> exactly. That high pressure sales tactics. They I say, hate it. Oh, thank you. And they leave. Yeah. Um, versus that like, hey, what what do I need to do to make you feel comfortable? Yeah. Let, let's walk through this. It's just a very different tone and a very different atmosphere. And if I cost more, they kind of don't care because that extra price is worth it because I'm taking care of all their concerns. Yep. Now on My the- immediate thought with that high-pressure sales stuff is, one, absolutely not. I am now walking away. And two, if I can't walk away for some reason... I am immediately suspicious that your work is crap, and that's why you're trying to sign me in as quickly as possible because you're worried that I'm not going to like it. Trick them. <laughs> yeah. Trick them before they figure out yeah, what's terrible. Yeah, that's what it feels like. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so, so I mean, product. you could be you could be losing people that way too. So, product photography, um, it is uh, it is not so much like, hey, let me take take care of your concerns or whatever, but product photography, uh, they really just care more about like. Like here's here's the thing that we need to sell right. Mm-hmm. Like can can you do the thing? And uh, they're busy. And honestly, that is can you make that conversation as short as possible? Can you take up as little of their time yep. as possible? Um, can, can you, you do the thing? Can you yes. just do the thing? So um, when when I'm kind of interviewing with these companies and um, they're trying to gauge if I'm at all competent to shoot their product. Mm. I always go in with the assumption that they've already hired me. I already have the job. I don't need to convince them of anything. What mm-hmm. I need to do now is figure out what's the best way to do this. So there's one company that sold like ball bearings and I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, but they had these kind of like big rings and stuff. I'm like, okay, what's the size? You know, what, what kind of material are they out of? What What is the finish on that material? And I'm thinking like, okay, so that's a highly reflective material. I know how we can deal with that. Um, are you going for, you need these editorial shots? Okay, great. So uh, what time can we get your technicians in? How, you know, what are the yeah. kind of shots that you're looking for? Um, or do we want to show more of the warehouse or do we really want to zoom in on that product? And they're like, oh, he's really kind of thought of everything. 
and I'm just I'm just assuming I have the job and trying to get all their all their job specs and their details. This is advice that I give people commonly for interviews of like you need to convince them that you already work there. <laughs> like like truly. And it works it works for both both ways. It works for protect or prospective uh, clients as a freelancer and it works if you're uh, you know, in an interview and somebody's asking you a question about how you would handle some particular thing. Like you want to convince them that you are on the team already, you know all the information, like you might as well plan the shoot right now because I already, I'm asking the right questions, I'm coordinating with the right people. Like it's that, it's it's like we're we're planning how to make this product. We're no longer questioning whether we should hire this person or not. It's a very convincing strategy and I don't really see like, if you can pull it off, um, I don't really see any downside to approaching there it was, that way. There was a um, another company. They were um, doing something in Shopify where you mm. can add accessories. And um, b- essentially what we were doing is making a bunch of transparent PNGs of uh, shooting the accessory on the product, but mm. then cutting out the product itself. So the accessory is a standalone thing mm. depending on what color, model, et cetera. And they're all kind of interchangeable. Yep. And um, as a product development team, they're like, we have no idea how to pull this off. What, like, we need to find a photographer and a retoucher that can do this, but we don't know how, so we don't even know what questions to ask. Let's just figure this out. And I kind of walked him through it, and I thought about it. I'm like, okay, so these are the things that I I started asking, and they're like, oh, we have no idea. We need to ask Dev. So we got we we got the coders on the line and they started answering some of the questions. I'm like, okay, so that's interesting. We've got all of this kind of Z indexing going on with all of these kind of transparent layers. layers. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's how that'll go. Um, how are you guys aligning it? Okay, I'm starting to get it. You know, resolutions and stuff. I'm like, great. So I think we have a game plan, and then here's what we need to do to be able to do all these things. And um, here are a couple of side cases that I'm kind of worried about that might break the mold, and how do we want to handle these? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, wow, you've you've really thought of everything, and we're not quite sure how we want to handle those side cases yet. But like the fact that you already brought that to our attention, you mm-hmm. – know what you're doing like we're gonna hire you and we'll get back to you on on how we do that that side case that breaks the mold from these other 200 products it's so easy to say yes to that like it's like oh we've already like we've done the strategy meeting already you have solved (laughs) our problem (laughs) and we haven't even hired you yet obviously you're gonna be uh, uh, an easy person to work with and for a business person like how great is that they're like oh cool so we don't need to schedule like some follow-up meeting we don't need to like do like the first the first you've 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 killed two birds with one stone. Like you've, you, you have the interview over with, but you also have the initial project strategy over with at the same time. Like that is music to these people's ears. Um, you, you, there's no better way of succeeding. In my opinion. I've, um, I, I will ask you if you have any final thoughts, but I do have one final thought. I want to make sure we hit before we wrap Go for this it. up. So uh, one other reason people might not be paying your prices. When are you showing them your prices? Because if you fall into the volume, the cheap price, high volume, they want to see your prices up front just just immediately so you just have that price list ready you go here my prices they go okay that's about in the ballpark great now let's talk Mm -hmm. right that's that's easy enough but if you're if you're selling not a ford taurus if you're selling uh (laughs) or mercedes or a lexus right 
the first thing they ask is not the price, or the first thing they ask might be the price, mm-hmm. but you don't want to sticker shock them with, oh, by the way, that Tesla is six figures. Yeah. What you yeah. want to do is you want to show them and make them feel ownership, and they go, oh, I love this car, and it drives mm-hmm. so smooth, and the and the interior finishing is so luxury, and the key fob fits nice in my hand, and there are all these things, and they're like, okay, this is an excellent product. How much is it? Oh, that's a little more than I wanted to pay, but... Yeah, it's worth it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to convince them that they're like you want them to have that picture in their mind of I can't walk away without having this. Like this is already exactly. this is already part of my life. If, if, <laughs> if you're if you're low if you're low priced, you want to show them that price first because yeah. the low priced people that's the most important thing to them. Mm-hmm. The high priced people, the price is still important. You know, budgets are not limitless, mm-hmm. but you want them to. Feel like this is worth it, and I must have it before you show them the price. Mm-hmm. If you show them the price first, you're, you're you have an uphill battle trying to convince them that price is worth it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a you weird want them to convince themselves in, that the price is worth indeed, it. Indeed, before yeah. they even know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the other thing too of like they might come up with a price in their head of what it's worth after being like, oh wow, your wedding photography is so amazing and your albums are so luscious and we're getting so many hours. This is going to be at least five, six thousand dollars. Then I go, oh, here's my package, and they're like, oh, that's lower than I thought it would be. Done, signed on the spot. <laughs> like, so you want them to build up the value before you show them a high sticker price because if they get shocked by it then they can at least rationalize it to themselves or figure out this is fantastic how do we kind of uh come up with extra budget for that um versus if you sticker shock them at front you don't even have the chance to have that conversation with them they're just gonna nope out yep and if you've done all those things perfectly and you still can't get anybody to pay your prices then yeah, maybe career change. <laughs> any, uh, do you have do you have any kind of kind of final thoughts on on why someone might not pay prices? <sighs> There's so many reasons. Um, we could talk about this for the next three yeah, hours. We We're trying to keep it forever. short. There's always extenu- extenuating circumstances. Uh, no, I think that really covers it. Like you, um, really, I think that's the key. At the end, there, I think we got to the key thing, which is whatever you do, you're you are it's like a magic trick you are trying to get the client to make the sale to themselves you're trying to get that in their mind that they will rationalize it on your behalf they will they will determine the value on your behalf in your favor like all of this i feel like is leading up to that whether it's a business client um who you're like look the value is already there we already did extra we already did work i'm already part of the team let's go or you know you're selling to a wedding client and they and throughout all of your um you know all of your conversations with them they're like wow this is you know this is we can't live without this this is this is everything that we want and even if it's a little bit of a stretch for our budget it is well worth it like they're making that sale i i hate the high uh, the high uh, pressure sales tactics cuz it's it's the opposite of that. It's like you're you're trying to convince me what is what is going wrong here that I need to be aware of. Like you want to be the opposite of that where they're convincing themselves that they have to go with you. I like putting a little bit of pressure on. Well, I mean, but yeah. like but like my style of pressure is hey, I have this sale mm-hmm. that if you book here at the wedding show, like yeah. you get free stuff. Yeah. And you That's know, fair. you know what? Uh, I'm I'm not gonna try and convince you otherwise. But that does go away. But mm-hmm. the the other thing is, people have a hard time going from 
completely losing out on the thing. Mm -hmm. So if they book me, you know, like the week after, because they just weren't ready, like I might throw in some like thank you cards or something. So they're still getting something. Mm -hmm. But uh, like to me, that's just like, hey, are, are you ready right now? If not, nope, no worries. So it's not high pressure, but it is incentive that's the yeah, right word it's incentive and you're not yeah there there is no there's no forcing there there's no um you're not in their face about it and they do and that's the thing is they do it's they do get something for that it's not for free it's not sign here because whatever bs reason that isn't actually a reason it's you get something for this if you lock this down right now you get some for it you know that's not that's not bad they're getting some out of it. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah um, we could go on about this for days because uh, whether your pricing's hard, whether whether your website looks terrible or your slightly creepy demeanor or your breath smells bad <laughs> or y- your it, prices are too high and you're showing them too early, whatever the reason is, there's so many things. I think the most important thing is get an outside perspective. Yep. Get get someone who does not have a horse in your race to yep. to give you some honest feedback and. It, it might be a little bit painful mm-hmm. but you need someone to to look over it's but that's true if this if this truly is the question for like i feel like i need to change careers because this is not going how i want it to go if you really want this if this is what you want to do a little bit of painful feedback for the long term of being able to do this for a career totally is worth well it. worth it totally well worth it. well worth it so yeah i, I don't i see that as you know, that's a blip. Like you will forget being uncomfortable about that feedback. You will only look back on that and be like, wow, it's so great that I changed that thing. And I was able to get all these clients and this career out of it. Absolutely. So, um, so can't lose. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for the question. Um, uh, well, I guess that was a Reddit question, but, uh, yeah, but an expanded one, e- expanded one. Um, <laughs> but to Rex who, who asked our question at the beginning of the episode and everyone else that will be answering in future episodes. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you send in those questions or comment on the YouTube channel. Um, you check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash nom creative. And, uh, yeah, that's all we have for you this week. Uh, thank you so much. See you next time. If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Because it's free.